Are you fired up tonight? I can promise you 2020 is going to be the best year of your life. And the only reason this is going to happen because because we serve an amazing God. And he wants us to have an incredible year. And I'm so thankful tonight to be part of the movement of God. And uh, yesterday when I was praying, I have my dog now waking me up every morning. Uh, and then I have to take him out, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I just turned that into my prayer walk. And I was feeling really great about 2020. And uh, I'm so thankful uh, for God to really give me the chance tonight to connect with my brothers and sisters, fellow Bible talk leaders in the kingdom. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Tim, for giving me an opportunity tonight to really share my heart with God's people. Uh, it's a joy to be in the kingdom. Corey, thank you for coming back to LA for me, bro. And uh, I need your friendship and your love. Thank you, Tony, Michael, all the incredible leaders. I mean, this is my family. I've been over here five years now. I mean, if after five years, you don't have 10,000 friends in the kingdom, then you have a problem, right? So this is literally my family. I feel this is an emotional thing. I don't know how I'm going to feel if I leave outside of this group. I know we're going to be going back to Africa soon. But I don't want to talk about that tonight. I'm going to start crying. I love each one of you. Thank you for all that you do to make this world a better place. And because I only have 30 minutes, I want to jump inside my sermon right now. And let us start with a word of prayer. Father, glorify your name. Bring glory to yourself. Jesus died on the cross to rescue, Lord, all those from all nations that you've predestined before the beginning of times to be part of your eternal kingdom. And we know your purpose will never fail. Father, we know the end of the story as we are unfolding the pages of the book. Thank you for the holy book of life of all the names of all the elect from every single nation on earth. You know exactly those who are going to be saved by names. You just have us do the work to test our faith and our vision. Tonight, Father, I'm just a man. Put me aside. Please, Lord, minister to your people. Especially at the beginning of this year, Lord, we want to hear from you. Shut down any other voice. And let your voice be so loud in our hearts that there's nothing the devil can do to prevent us from hearing your voice throughout this entire year. Let your Holy Spirit rule the movement. Rule our hearts. Both keeping Elena, our leaders, strengthen them in a very special way. As they travel from place to place, Father, to strengthen the churches and to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, for a year of success. A year that's going to, oh Lord, be remembered in eternity. Thank you so much, Father, for Tim and Jan, Corey and G. And uh, all the shepherds with them, Lord, leading us in a very special way. Thank you for our unity. I pray that, Father, you shut the door for anything the devil is going to try to do 
to divide us and to make us disobedient to the vision. Thank you because, Father, you always hear our prayers. Strengthen every single disciple in the LA Church and in the movement. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. You just jump in the scriptures. Don't waste time. Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible says over here in the King James Version, and then we're going to see why I'm using this version for this first verse. The King James versions and the ESV says about the same thing, but ESV is very more specific. He says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. See, when you read in the NIV, he says, where the people, where there's no revelation, which is true. A prophetic vision and a revelation are all coming from God. And if the people don't have that prophetic vision, and remember the word of God is always true. And if God says it over here, that's exactly what can happen to you and me. Because if there's no prophetic vision, the people will perish in the NIV. But blessed is he who keeps the law. What does the Bible mean by vision? What is a vision? Is it, is, it, is it when you're like a sister? And then uh, you're spending time with your best friend and you go, hey bro, I love that sister. That's my vision in the kingdom. Is that, is that what we're talking about? Is it, is it when you're planning to spend all your money or your saving this year to offer yourself the best trip of your life and go to Cancun and just, 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 just lie down on the beach and sleep for like five, five days and is that what you call your vision? What's your vision? Buy yourself some new pair of shoes, sisters, or what? What is, what is it? What does the Bible call vision? Okay, let me make sure we are not falling in false doctrine tonight, okay? A vision year... If you define a vision by reading in a secular dictionary, it only means the faculty to imagine a desired future. It's just imagination from the world. Their point of view is a vision is you thinking good things about yourself and planning about having a better future for yourself. Just think about it. If you imagine it, then they call it a vision. But biblically speaking, is deeper than that. When you go in the Bible, number one, I discovered that a vision in the scriptures is actually a revelation from God that can be revealed in a dream, in a trance, or in a, in, in a state of ecstasy. And you go to Acts chapter 10, let's go there quickly, and then we can see this exactly what happened when... We talk about this first part of a vision. What does that mean in the scriptures? Let's go to Acts chapter 10. I hope you still know where the book of Acts is in the Bible. Some of you had a lot of food at Christmas and New Year's Eve. It's time to wake up and get back into the business. Amen, church? Acts chapter 10, verse 9. What does the Bible say over here? 9 and 10, talking about the first definition of a vision over here, the Bible says, about noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, 
Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being uh, let down to earth by his four corners. Okay, this actually happened in the scriptures. And many times you're going to see, especially in the Old Testament, God will reveal himself to prophets through visions. Ezekiel saw the glory of God coming down from heaven with the four cherubims around the throne. It wasn't a vision. It's a prophetic revelation from God that God will impart on a prophet to tell him what to tell his people or what's going to happen in the future. Daniel had a vision. Isaiah saw the throne of God. And you see all these prophets, they have this incredible encounter with God. Moses saw God in a burning bush. And then a mission will always follow that encounter with God. It doesn't just show himself to you to show you how awesome he is. God's revelation is always accompanied by a mission. It doesn't come to you just to say, I'm God, I'm Elohim, and fire up, and hear the trumpet, and be fired up. No! It shows himself to you to give you a commission. You see? But if you follow the trend through the Old Testament to the New Testament, at one point with the apostles, you're going to see God now transitioning into speaking to people through Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says what? In the past, God spoke to our forefathers how? In different ways, many ways, right? Through many channels, visions, dreams, all kind of stuff to reveal the word of God. But in these last days, according to the authors of Hebrew, God spoke to us through his son. Jesus is the end of revelation and vision. Now, the Bible was very clear. When Jesus was doing his ministry at his baptism, at the transfiguration, what did they see? And what did they hear from heaven? God testifying, this is my beloved son. Right? And he goes, listen to him. And then now the Holy Spirit compelled the apostles and the prophet in the Old Testament to write down every vision, every revelation given by God were consigned in the Holy Book. And revelation is the last time that an apostle is going to see heaven open and God speaking to a man directly. After John received that revelation from heaven, remember you go to the end of the book of Revelation. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22. What does it say? Revelation 22, at the end of the book, you have this incredible warning from God. Revelation 22, I could have printed all the scriptures, but I wanted us to really have a, an incredible experience tonight, going back in the Bible and touch, it, touch the pages, amen? Okay, chapter 22, look at what God says over here from verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the word of this prophecy, of this scroll. If anyone add anything to them, God will add to that person the plates described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life, in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. What does that tell you? Revelation is the end. 
of God revealing himself to a human being and speaking to him directly about his vision. Once John consigned us, it's over. Now, where do we go today to find out what is God's vision for your life and for my life? You go in the holy book and the church say amen to that. And then from all the visions that God gave the prophets and through the apostles, they're all coming down to one thing. The great commission Jesus gave them in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Go into all nations and do what? Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That is actually the ultimate vision for the church. If the church doesn't have this vision, then that church is not of God's. If a disciple does not live his life according to Matthew 28, verse 18 and 20, you are outside of God's will. Let nobody fool you. Tonight the church have only one vision. The evangelization of all nations in this generation. Are you fired up this night? That's what the vision is. Now, question. Are you living out the vision from God? Or are you trying to live your own personal vision in the kingdom? We are going to see tonight that Matthew 28 actually goes in line with Proverbs 29. Because the Bible says, if the people have no revelation, no vision, they're going to perish. And we just demonstrated that that revelation and that vision is Jesus' great commission to you and me. That means if we don't live our life to see this great commission fulfilled, we are going to perish. And the church said amen to that. Because, but if you obey the law, if you obey the vision given to Jesus Christ by the Lord himself, you will be blessed. Do you want to be blessed in 2020? Raise your hands. Don't, don't make, just raise your hands. Let God see you are serious. Okay, because we want to be blessed, then we're going to see now, what does that vision entail for every single one of us tonight as a Bible talk leader or assistant Bible talk leader? Amen, church? Amen. So, we're going to go now in the scriptures. We're going to find out what is a vision from God. How do you get it? Number one, you must see it before you leave it. That's my first point. You must see the vision. Is the vision clear in your head tonight? Or are you still finding, trying to find out what is the vision for your life? When I hear disciples saying, I'm still trying to figure out what God wants me to do, I laugh. After being a disciple for 10 years, you're still find, trying to figure out what God wants you to do? The question is, who studied the Bible with you? You should have known that from the first scripture of our first principle series. Seeking God. You're looking for a vision? I can't believe there are disciples in the church that are just wandering around and they, know what, they don't know what to do with their life. You must see it. How do you see it? Let's go to Habakkuk. Do you know where's the book of Habakkuk? When's the last time you studied Habakkuk? Some of these prophets are incredible. I don't know who gave them those names. Habakkuk is a powerful prophet. What does he do over here? Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2 from 1 to 3. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I will stand my watch 
and set myself on the ramparts and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that you may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and then we will not lie. Don't hit the lays, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. See, this is the prophet Habakkuk, and God is preparing to send the Babylonians to chastise Israel for not obeying the law. And the prophet is feeling something is going to happen, and he's trying to inquire of God to find out what's going on. And now he expresses his heart. He goes, how do you know what God is going to do? Habakkuk is going to tell you the secret tonight. He goes, I am doing what? He goes, I am standing. I am on my watch. I'm putting myself on the ramparts. And watch to see what he will say to me. Church, no vision is from God. If it, if it doesn't come from God. You don't need a human being to tell you the vision. You have to absolutely be convinced that your vision is coming from God. Why did you get baptized? Abaku goes, I'm going to find out because God needs to tell me. He goes, I'm going to stand on the watch. You see, vision starts from the desire to know God's will. From the desire to embrace God's heart and to understand what does God want for my life and for the people around me. See, the vision is not for yourself first. It's not to better your life. It's not to make you look good. It's not to make you rich. It's not to give you more money and more comfort so that you can drink more Starbucks and eat more in life and in and out and get fat. That's not why he wants you to get a vision. He goes, watch. Most disciples have visions because they are satisfied with where they are. In this great country, we're just satisfied. You go to church, you're satisfied with the statue quo. You're like, okay, well, maybe it's just the will of God, the way I am. I've not birthed fruit, you know, for five years. I didn't baptize anyone in 2019. Probably that's God's will for my life. See, we are quick to blame God for our lukewarmness. It's easy, it's a shortcut to just call everything the will of God. Do you know who God is? You know what is his will? For all men to be saved. That's his will. Do you want it? You got to start 2020 on watch. You got to find a rampart. You got to find your fence, your place, your solitary place, the place where you're going to go and inquire from God. Father, wake me up from my lukewarmness. Show me what you want for my life. I'm not going to live until you talk to me, Lord. Move my heart. Change my priorities. Get me back into business. I want to stay on watch. Don't be satisfied with where you are. He goes, if you do that, he goes, I'm going to see what he has to say to me. See the rampart, that secret place. It's your personal relationship with God. It's your tent. That's where you go to renew yourself. And then you got to wait to see what God's going to say to you. That means you speak to God through prayer, and God is going to answer you through the scriptures. 
You don't just pray. Some people pray more than they read. And some of the people read the Bible more than they pray. Each one, either one is bad. It's like trying to fly a plane with only one wing. See your prayer life and your Bible studies, two wings of the plane. And you are the plane. If you only pray all the time, you're off balance like this. If you only read the Bible, you're like this. But the Bible says, he goes, I'm going to wait to see. He just spoke to God. He goes, I'm going to wait to see what he says to me. How do you know when God is talking to you? When you're meditating the scriptures. Church, are you fired up about reading the holy book? Are you still in love with your Bible? I think that technology shift, that technology shift is killing our relationship with God. Because most people now, they're working with this. Try to find a cook in the phone. It's time. If you're going to renew your vision, you have to see God. Listen from God. And read with careful attention. I think every single person to make the decision this year to read the entire Bible. That's my decision this year. I'm going to read the entire Bible two times this year. You see, he goes, and God told him, write down. You see, he prayed and he expected God to speak to him. And God is saying, now write down what I'm going to say. You see, God is very serious about what he's going to tell you and me. You got to write it down. And the last time I checked, sometimes there are many disciples that are not taking note anymore. Jeremiah was taking notes. Every time God spoke to Jeremiah, he goes, write it down. He told Moses, write it down. He told Daniel and all these guys, write it down. Even John the Apostles, write it down. Where have you been writing down everything God has been telling you through your Bible studies? Are you more spiritual than John or Jeremiah? Some of you are like, oh yeah, I'm just listening to the word of God. I'm, I'm reading the scriptures. No, I have a good memory. And I can remember all this, no problem. I'm very smart. No, you're not smart. You're arrogant and prideful. I remember watching a documentary from North Korea. This guy is like a dictator. Everybody is so scared around him. And then from time to time, he goes around to check the state of the army. He wants to see everything. Everybody's like, even the generals, they're all like, beyond him. Everyone is not talking. They're pretending they're writing something. Just in case. I mean, he's noticed like watching people. They're all like, and then when it comes to somebody, just want to give you a hug. How are you doing? They're like, Every time like this. And I go, I was challenged. I go, see how these people are so serious listening to a dictator? How many disciples have lost their reverence of God? And it got to the point where if God speaks, you don't write it down? What do you think you are? Are you not afraid? It's time to go to the ancients way back now. Church, at this point, when I come to church every time, if Kip is in the room, you know what Kip does? If somebody's doing communion, contribution, whatever people are doing, Kip is taking notes all the time. And the last time I checked, he's been around, he's planted a lot of churches, done a couple of movements, and, 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 
and he's still learning by writing down what God is telling him. And I want every single disciple to start writing down everything you're learning today. Yeah. Write it down. And God goes, this is going to be fulfilled. Whatever you write down from me will come to pass. Let me tell you, an unwritten vision is a soon forgotten vision. If you don't write it down, you're not going to remember it. It's important. God always reveals himself to those he chooses to accomplish great things. Abraham saw God. Moses saw God. Daniel had a vision of God. Ezekiel saw God. And Moses had an encounter with God. What was the last time you saw God? Some of you saw, see the church more than you see God. Some of you see your Bible talk more than you see God. Some of you see the activities of the church more than you see God. You see, we think we are coming to a building. We're coming to have a good time. We're just going to listen to human beings. And you see preachers more than you see God. And tonight we have to reverse it. You have to see God more than you see people. And Moses was very serious about that. You know what? The first time he saw God in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. You got to study that. Oh, we don't have that time. God, God showed himself to him. And then he goes, I'm sending you to Egypt to free my people from slavery. You know the question Moses asked God? If I go and the elders of Israel ask me, what is his name? What should I say? What does that tell you? He didn't have a personal relationship with God. If you don't see him, you cannot work for a God you don't know. It's just impossible. You're going to burn out and you're going to quit. Because this vision, before you get the vision, you must know who is giving the vision. Because what is your name? And God goes, my name is Eye Asher Eye. That's exactly what he says in Hebrew. Eye Asher Eye. Translated in English by I will be who I will be. Because there's no present tense. The verbs to be in Hebrew doesn't have a present tense. I will be who I will be. I will exist because I will exist. A year, I share a year. I'm the self-sufficient God. I know the end from the beginning. I'm full of all knowledge. I am the almighty God. See, Moses now knew the name of God. And in the scriptures, when you know somebody's name in the scriptures, that doesn't just mean his patronym. That means you know his character. You know his nature. You know who he is. It's not just his name. In our Western civilization, names don't mean anything anymore. Right. Some people call their children, I don't know, Van Ice. But in the Bible, when you're given a name, your name will actually be the reflection of your destiny sometimes. So when God says, I am who I am, I will be who I will be, he's revealing his personal character to Moses. And then now Moses, when he went to Egypt, he knew God. That's why he was able to lead the people out of Israel. I am commanding and asking every single Bible talk leaders right here to make a decision today that tonight before you go to bed you're going to confess to God how much you're falling short of trying to know him and you're going to repent and make a decision to make God the best person that you know in your life in 2020 amen so see once you see God 
once you see the vision, because when you see God, he's going to give you the mission. Matthew 28. It's not given to you by Tim. It's not given to you by Cape. It's not given to you by Michael. Your vision is given to you by God. Amen. Who appointed you Bible talk leader? God. God used a human vessel to bring you in. But guess what? You are accountable to the almighty God. You're working for God. Let your heart be saturated with God. Then once you see the vision and make the vision personal, then you can share it. Because you can't share what you don't have on your heart. Most of us, Matthew 28 is still over here in our heads. But your head doesn't determine your actions. Your actions are determined by what is in your heart. Tonight, church, are we going to put God's vision in our hearts? So we got to go share it. You're going to go out. Remember Moses was coming down from the mountain. He saw God. He got the vision. Then he was coming down the mountain, raging, full of fire. And then people would look at him and fall down. Moses is just walking around full of the fire, the vision. He became the vision himself. And every single disciple in this room needs to become the vision itself. That's how you're going to walk in your Bible talk this year. Church, you must see it. You must share it. It's important that we share this vision. And I'm going to finish by saying I'm so thankful. My wife just celebrated her 30 years of being a disciple. 30 years. And I've been a disciple for 29 years. The only thing that will keep somebody faithful for 30 years is God's vision. It's time to embrace the vision. And I've been in so many different places. I'm so thankful to God that I'm still alive. Not only physically, but spiritually. But if you ask me, that's the one thing. What is the one thing, Blaze, that keeps you alive spiritually? I would definitely say my relationship with God. It is important. Church, tonight as Bible Talk leaders, we're going to go. We're going to go see God. We're going to make the decision to read the Bible two times this year. And then we're going to turn to our people by tomorrow morning and start talking them, to them about the God that we know. Yeah. And then you need to have a personal name for God. Yeah. And you have to share your God, not just to your disciple, but to all, every single person that is lost in your area. Remember, if the church was to be wiped out and you were the only Bible top remaining in town, will the kingdom remain alive? Just because of your conviction. Church, this is the year of vision and dream. Every single one of us make, this, make a decision to convert people this year. I want to baptize or restore at least 10 people this year myself. That's what I want to do. And I want to read my Bible two times this year. I want to be the best disciple I've ever been. I don't want my glory to be in the past. I'm still strong. Caleb still had the vision at 85 years old. And I'm not 85. And Tim is not 85. We're still going. He goes, give me the heat country. What do you want to accomplish for God this year? It's going to depend on the vision that you have from God. And in your heart. And everything is possible to whoever has faith. Your Bible talk can double, multiply three times this year. Why not? God does not need number to give you a victory. You can only be two. But God will make it happen if you believe God will do it. 
Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And church tonight, I'm begging us. I've seen a movement falling apart. And I'm still carrying the scars of the falling of the former movement. I don't think you can ever hear from that. Now I know. Not because Tim is preaching it all the time. Not because Corey is preaching it all the time. I know from experience a movement can fall. If disciples don't take their relationship with God seriously, then the devil is going to step in and fill the gap. I lost everything. I lost all my friends. I lost every single thing I've done. I went to law school. I came out. I went in the ministry. And after 18 years, the church fell apart. I, was, I found myself in the street with no church to go to, with no discipline happening. We're taking for granted all these incredible things from the Bible until the day you lose it. I cry all my tears out. I didn't know God was going to give us a second chance until I heard about Brother Keep, keep preaching it and all the disciples doing some incredible things in Portland. And when I joined the movement, I saw the church I was baptizing. The vision was back. The fire was back. The unity was back. The sense of family was back. And we are evangelizing the world in this generation again. Church together. Let's fight our best fight this year. Don't wait for 2021. You might never have that chance. It's time to shine for Jesus. It's time to be great again. It's time to make decisions to turn LA upside down. And to God be all the glory. Love your church. <laughs>